sorry. Like, <laughs> what is happening? It's trying to figure out what that's from. Like, da da Oh, I know. What is that from? What is that from? Oh. Oh, my God. It's from, like, a movie. I know. It's like a Disney movie, isn't it? So not okay. Hey, guys. I'm C. I'm Key. And welcome to Girls, Ghosts, and Ghouls. We are on episode number six. (laughs) Hi, Tinky. And yeah, so last week we mentioned that we had hit uh, 200 listens. (laughs) Tinky. Hi. (laughs) She really wants to be part of the podcast, you guys. (laughs) What was that noise? Okay, shift it off. Okay, so last week we mentioned that we'd hit 200 listeners, and we said thanks, that's really awesome, and now it is a week later, and we have hit 346 listens. So that's 146 new listens in one week, guys, so thank you so much. That was pretty easy, Beth. We really appreciate everybody that listens, and... uh, yeah, thanks for sticking it out with us. So, how was your week, Key? Awful, but that's okay. <laughs> Why? Because you went back to school? I can't find my phone. Yeah. Ugh, school life. Everything else went okay, though? I guess. <laughs> school, like everything? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Alright, so fun news. I kind of heard this on the way here, but I just learned that Egypt um, in an Israel is a place in Africa. No, it's in Egypt. Which is in Africa. Anyways, a um, in an effort to boost tourism to Egypt um, because they're, kind, they're on a like no travel advisory or like no recommended travel advisory right now. But I guess to boost tourism, they officially opened the tomb of Mehu, which is over 4,000 years old. And it's the first time a tomb has actually been opened to the public. So people Mm. that go there, um, just on the outskirts of Cairo in the Giza Pyramid Complex, you actually will be able to go into the tomb for the first time and walk around and see all the chambers and where all the mummies were and such things. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool, kind of spooky, mm-hmm. you know, seemed pretty cool. They have apparently like six chambers in there that um, had a bunch of his family members buried there. So that just seemed like a neat aside for this week. Did you learn anything cool like that this week? No. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. All right. So today's story takes place. Across the pond in the UK. Okay. Oh my god. <clears throat> I'm okay. You good? Yeah. Are you sure? It's not across the pond. <laughs> That's what they say. Instead of the ocean, they call it the pond. It makes it seem smaller. But it's not small. It's not a pond. It's a lake. It takes place 
in the ancient year of 1984. Whoa. 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 Not to be weirded out by the novel of the same name, <laughs> but it does kind Isn't of... That one? What? 1984, George Orwell. Oh, I know. I thought that wasn't called 1985. <laughs> no. But I just thought that was really kind of creepy based on what this story is kind of about. Um, that it took place in that year and why are you counting? That was almost that was over 30 years ago. But like it doesn't seem like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I said. Ancient it, times. I mean, no, <laughs> but like kidding. when like even when you say like 1995, like I feel like that wasn't that long ago, but that was like yeah. 20 years ago. I know. Well, 20, almost 30. 23 yeah. years ago, yeah. I know. Shannon was born in 85, so... Mm-hmm. This is one year before Shannon was born. That helps you. That helps no one else. Anyways, so it takes place in 1984 in Doddleston, England, which is a town that's on the border of Wales and England, and for centuries they disputed over which country it belonged to. Um, people in Wales say that it's actually Welsh territory, and people in England always said it was English territory. And so in uh, 1536, King Henry VIII enacted an act. We love him. Which, yeah, good guy, good guy. Um, and he created the border and fixed it, as they know it today, officially stating that it was on the English side and that that's where it was going to stay. Uh, before he officially made this act there were people called the lord wardens lord wardens of the marches and they watched over the border there and security between wales and england and protected the boundaries and also they protected the boundaries between scotland and england as well because even though they were all different countries they're all on the same island so the only way to protect their land because they didn't have like official surveys or surveyors or maps or anything was to employ these people these lords to watch over it uh, but they stopped being used completely um, when king james the first took over because he was the king of scotland so when he became the king of england england and scotland fell under one monarchy and then there was no need for him to guard the borders anymore because he was king of both places yeah So, this story, though, takes place in that town 450 years later. It is about a man named Keb... Keb? No, that's not his name. It's Ken. Ken? Ken Webster. Like Barbie? Like Barbie and Ken. Although I don't know that this Ken is as cool an inventor. What? But who knows? I don't know his life. What do you mean? Ken's not an inventor. Ken invents things all the time. But not successfully. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know the how point mad is closet gets? Closet literally has an evil button. I know. Okay. Why would you install that, Ken? Anyways. Different Ken. Oh, it was turned on evil mode. That's why. <laughs> oh, life in the dream house. Okay. Uh, this is about Ken Webster, who was a teacher in his mid-20s. And he lived in a cottage in Doddleston with his 19-year-old girlfriend named Debbie and a friend named Nicola who came to stay with them briefly as well. But when Ken and Debbie first moved into the cottage, they found footprint markings on the walls and writing on the floor, like 
someone was confused instead of writing on the walls and that's not a thing walking on the floor and they were like well this is weird but the construction guy's like oh well whatever we'll just rip it down and cover it up so they like what was wallpapered it I don't know they didn't specify what so like, was it like graffiti like I don't it was like cursive cursive so, writing like handwriting that's so graffiti well yeah sure it was graffiti <laughs> but so they like redid the floors cleaned it painted like put wallpaper up and all this stuff and they're like oh it looks nice in here um anyway once they moved over moved over once they had moved in um things seemed to be like okay they didn't notice anything weird and then when their friend nicola moved in um is that a boy or a girl it's a girl um nicolas nicola <laughs> nicolas <laughs> i feel like that's what i'm saying <laughs> no nicola <laughs> Or after, it's very usual. Okay. Um, what am I saying? Oh yeah. So after Nicola moved in, um, she went into the kitchen one day and found the footstrip, footstrips, footsteps, like what footprints. Footstrip? Jesus. <laughs> what are they called? Footprints on the wall again, and was like. Uh, guys, like, what's going on? And they came into the kitchen. They were like, "What the hell?" So they thought maybe like whatever they had been made in had like come through the paint. What? <laughs> that like maybe whatever the paint like if someone had used paint to make them that maybe that paint had been like too dark and it came through the new paint or something. So, oh, so we I know we saw these before. It's fine. We'll get rid of them. And they painted over them the next day. A few days later, his girlfriend Debbie died. Just kidding. I don't know what happened. No, freaked out because she found, she walked into the kitchen and found a pyramid of cans had been built in the middle of the floor of forming cans? a tower. Yeah. That's sick. Like, you know, like. Like drink cans. Well, no, like food cans and stuff. Like not just drink cans, like any. But why would she freak out? <laughs> because she walked into the kitchen and was like, the fuck, who did this? <laughs> because the kitchen had been completely tidy and then she walked in and someone had built a mess tower out of their food and drink that's cool though i guess but she was like um like hey like all right guys who did this and everyone's like well no i didn't do that of course um so initially ken thought it was like the construction workers that were messing with them with like the footprints and stuff but then it kept happening like long after the building was done and they were like okay like you guys, it's obviously not, not the builders because they're not here anymore. So then he assumed it was his two friends. Um, he had Nicolage. two. <laughs> not Nicolas. But he had two friends that he was in a band with and they had their own keys. So they would just like let themselves in to practice in the studio and stuff. So he's like, oh, it's obviously them. They're coming in here. They're messing with us. They're making these towers. They're like putting footprints on, on the walls, you know, as you do. I do that to my friends. <laughs> with your good friends. And, um, yeah, so he figured that it was his friends messing with them, but he's like, I'm not even going to confront them about it because they're just going to lie and say they didn't do it. But then it kept happening, and it happened a few more times, and he was like, okay, this is, like, completely crazy. So he went, and he was like, can you guys stop building towers in the kitchen? (laughs) Like, please. And they were like, what are you talking about? We haven't been building towers in the kitchen. And that's exactly what he thought they would say. So he was like, okay, like, guys, like, I get that you're saying, oh, I didn't do it, but, like, seriously, stop doing it. stop. (laughs) Please stop, because you're freaking my girlfriend out. 
and my friend who's living with us. So after he spoke with them, he thought that it would stop because he, like, called them out on it. Uh, but a few months later, in December of that year, um, Nicola and Debbie were both in the living room when the room suddenly got cold and windy, despite all the windows being really closed, and pieces of paper on a table nearby were blown up into the air and, like, were, like, you know, when pages get blown, flying around the room, kind of. And the fire that they had going in the fireplace flashed a bright red for a few minutes before it died back down to, like, normal. And so they were all like, okay, that was weird. Where's the AC? <laughs> they didn't have AC. A, this is England. <laughs> in 1984. B, it was 1984. Anyway, so that was, like, one, a couple of the weird things that started happening to start with when they first moved in there. Uh, the friend Nicola decided that she wanted to be a writer. So Ken, are you thinking of Nicola again? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Nicola wanted to be a writer. So Ken, who was a uh, teacher, borrowed one of the new computers from his school. <laughs> Apparently, you were allowed to do that. But his com- yeah, his school had been given a whole bunch of new computers. So he was like, "I'll just borrow one, and you can use it." And like write your play or whatever you're trying to write Uh, because it has a word processor so they set it up on the table and he showed her how to use it and get in and um after um a few days he just kind of left her to use it and she'd been doing a bunch of writing then they invited her to come out for supper with them to a friend's and when they got home she went straight to bed and debbie and ken went into the kitchen and they realized that she'd forgotten to turn the computer off She'd left it on while they were gone. Um, so he went on there, and he was going to turn it off, but then he was kind of curious about what she'd been writing because he was a nosy Nelly. So he pulled up the files from the word processor to see uh, what she'd been working on, and all of her files had been labeled with, like, singular letters. So she had, like, file A, file B, file C, you know? Mm-hmm. Then as he was, like, looking through them, he found a file that said... KDN and it just looked really out of place to him and he was like well okay these are all labeled like in alphabetical order kangaroos dragons and I don't know what's an animal just the men uh <laughs> I don't that no nope that's a planet <laughs> I don't know Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to keep making an end noise until something comes out. No. But anyway, what are their names? Mm, I don't remember. What were the letters? KDN. KDN? KDN. Ken, oh, Debbie, yeah, Nicola. Those are their initials. Yeah, so he was like, okay, weird. So he opened it because, you know, he's nosy. Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy, Snoopy guy. And... Inside was a really weird-looking letter that was addressed to all of them. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like a letter of the alphabet, like a really weird-looking K. No, but the letter itself looked really weird because it looked like someone had written it not knowing how to use, basically a how computer. to use a computer, because... <laughs> They'd written it with, like, random spaces in between letters. Bad and punctuation. No punctuation. Some Narwhal! Sorry. <laughs> I looked it up. 
some capital letters like in the middle of words or like randomly placed capitals and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he was like, well, like she didn't do this, obviously. Like she knows how to freaking use a computer. Um, but it read Ken, Deb, and Nick. True are the nightmares of the person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in burning light. Get out, you are bricks. Pussycat, pussycat, went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your remind redeemer why do dead people write in poetry hang on it's confusing and then it ended with oh where is it now twas a great crime to hath bribed mine house and then that was all it said and he was like the the hell is this pussycat pussycat so that's what i thought of when you said that yeah obviously he was like okay this person has an issue with capitalization and so he went in and talked to nickel and he was like what is this like messed up letter you addressed to yourself and me and deb and she was like what are you talking about and so he showed her and she's like i never wrote that and he's like, what do, you, what do you mean you didn't write that? She's like, I didn't write that. When I left last night with you for dinner, that was not on the computer. She's like, it's just my like files that I've labeled were there. That was not there. And he's like, well, when we got home, you left the computer on and this was there. And so he wrote it out um, because he thought it was kind of strange. Um, oh, sorry. No, he printed it out because he thought it was weird. And then he put it aside and then they went to bed and then the next morning after they left it on all night they found another file on there named uh r-e-a-t like reet instead of read wait i wasn't listening they reet? left it on again and it said reet like read but with a t that's not a thing uh this time it said i write oh i get it never mind i write on behalf of maine what strange words thou speak, thou art goodly man, who hath fanciful woman who dwell in mine home. With lights which devil maketh, t'was a great crime to hath bribed mine house. And then assigned it LW. Okay. Keep in mind, it sounds very, like, strange and poetic, like you said. It's also spelled really, like, weirdly. Like, everywhere you thought there it would be, like, an I, there's a... Y and like devil is like D E V Y L L. Great has an E on the end, like just very like old English. So this time he'd figured out cap locks, I guess, because he wrote it in all capitals instead of like the last time. And instead of random spaces and everything, it was just all written in one big line. Um, so they just thought it was really weird because they were like, hey, A, why do these keep appearing? Where are they coming from? Because this is like before the internet and before email. Like this is literally like this computer can type things and like keep records and that's pretty much it. Like they don't have it hooked up to 
a network or anything like that. It's not a thing yet. Yeah. It's basically just for, like, making files, and that's that. So they're just really confused about what's happening, and they're finding it really, like, freaking weird. And um, they decided to try and start, like, a dialogue with it. So Ken was like, okay, if he's leaving these... If this person's leaving these messages then I'm going to leave a file with, like, questions and see if it can read them and answer them. Mm-hmm. And initially, again, he thought, like, this was one of his friends, like, kind of messing with them at first. But he was like, I don't understand, like, the point of this. So, sure enough, the messages kept coming. Uh, another one of the messages that he got said, When thy boyst didst come to their word a verse on that said, Me were not to acts of your unkind knowings, for thy leams boyst will be no more. Which I don't... Again. Something about his ass. <laughs> he said acts. Oh. Not to acts of you. Like oh, ass. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, so they started trying to get clues about, like, hey, who are you? Like, where are you coming from? Is there anyone that you want to talk to? Because they're, at this point, they're thinking, like, okay, this this might be a ghost. Because, like, who the hell talks like this? Not a normal person. You think ghosts aren't normal people? Well, no, but, like, not a person of 1984, I should say. So... He kept getting more and more letters, and eventually he went to his coworker, an English teacher at the same school, who had actually been his English teacher and was a former Oxford graduate, and his name was Peter Trinder. Tanky. Shh. No, shush. She gave me attitude. God. Okay, so he went to his uh, yeah coworker Peter, uh, who was an Oxford graduate with a master's like in English, and he brought him these letters and he was like okay I need your help because I don't know what any of this means (laughs) basically he's like we keep getting these letters and I don't know what they mean and so Peter studied all of them and translated all of the letters for them and he said it was undoubtedly old English and he said although the grammar was kind of weird in some places it was written as with someone who spoke and knew old English because of the type of writings and words that were used weren't even words that were commonly taught when people studied old English typically or people would think to like even people that were say fans of Shakespeare or whatever they wouldn't spell things this way or know to say things in this manner so he said like it it read off as though it was authentic so that was really weird so he's like can you get any more information like from from this Okay, so he um, wrote a series of questions in a file and left it on the computer, and then he left it overnight, including asking who some of the people he was mentioning in his letters were or what he was talking about, what time he was from, and who the king was at the time. And um, does he curling? Fun. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. We'll talk about this in a minute. Uh, now I'm confused. Oh, yeah. So he asked, like, who he was, what time he was writing from, and who the king was at the time. He said that his name was Lucas Wainston. Wainston? Wainman. Lucas Wainman. And he was currently in the year of 1521. 
And he said the king currently was King Henry VIII and that he was listed as being six and 40 years old, which is 46. Um, so P- uh, Peter, no, Ken wrote all of this down and he took it back to Peter and he was like, this guy says, this is his name. He's from 1521. He says King Henry's the king and that he's 46 years old right now. And so he said, well, that's not right, because King Henry was born in 1491, so he would have only been, like, 30. Math is hard. I don't understand the math. He would have been only 30 at this time, not 46. And so he, like, called Debbie at home, and he was like, oh, can you check that message? Because uh, I wrote down that he said that he was 46, but like, maybe I was wrong. So Debbie's like, sure. So she, she went back to the computer to check and the message had completely vanished. The but ghost is Henry. That guy. Henry VIII? Yeah. No, no, no. It's Lucas Wayman. Oh, I missed that part. He, that's what he said there. His name was, that's why he signed it LW, the first letter. Right. Um, so again, he came home, um, one day and found three milk cartons stacked up on the kitchen floor in a tower. And he was like, the fuck again? And there was more messages on the computer. Again, he was starting to think, like, maybe this was his friends, like, really messing with him. But while he thought, yeah, like, my friends would do something to this extent as, like, a prank, neither of them were, like, smart, basically. He was, wait. Couldn't it be that he was, like, 46 when he died, though? Maybe, but if he was truly writing from 1521, he wouldn't have died yet. What? Because Lucas says, I'm writing you from 1521. King Henry's the king right now. Okay. And he's 46, but he would have only been 30 at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, he's writing from 1984. Right, but he thinks he's writing from 1521. Idiot. Which is... Where things get really weird. So, basically, he says that he's living in the cottage that they're living in, in the 1500s, during the reign of King Henry, and he said he's currently married to his last wife, (laughs) Queen Catherine Parr. Sorry, it's so funny. His last wife. (laughs) His sixth wife, (laughs) Queen Catherine Parr. So, they got all this information from him. Uh, because he kept getting these, so he started printing out all of them. So instead, after that one went missing, after he like wrote it all out and it went missing, he decided, okay, every single one of these I'm printing out and I'm bringing them to Peter and Peter's going to translate these because I don't know what he's saying. He sent them another message saying, I have no kinfolk to find. Mine wife was wretched with thy pestilence and miss Lord didn't take her soul and her unborn son in 1517 my farm tis humble but it hath a pretty parcel o land and peter translated this into i have no family i can tell you about (laughs) my wife was taken with the pestilence and lord also took her soul and her unborn son in 1517 wait which wife lucas's wife no lucas's wife which wife lucas no but he said he lived with his last wife no, he's saying that he's living in the time where King Henry is married to his sixth wife. Oh. Yes. And then he said, my farm is humble, but it has a pretty parcel of land, which is basically saying he's like, yeah, I live in this small cottage, but I have a lot of land. So that's pretty decent. 
He also told them that, uh, he said, Mine friend, when me saith desirous, mine goodly friend, I meaneth I han only met with him thrice at Cambridge. He had goodly humor and would oft be playful and sing to himself when he wert not seek. He did a surpass in 1536 at Bill Lucas. So now he's talking about the future because he's saying, oh yeah, he died in 1536. So he seems like he's very confused about where he is in time. Uh, They translated this as, my friend, when I call desiderous, was a good friend. I mean, I only have met him three times at Cambridge, but he had a good humor and would often be merry and sing to himself when he was not sick. But he died in 1536 at Basil, Basil. and then he said, signed it, Lucas. So they kept studying the language and he kept translating them for him so they could understand what he was trying to tell, tell them. Um, but basically, yeah, he said that his, he thought that his friends were doing it, but then the more Peter looked at the letters and the more he studied the language and was like, this is legitimate old school Tudor English. And I don't think either of your friends are smart enough to pull this off, basically, is what he, he told him and Ken agreed that he didn't think they would be able to pull it off either. So they were kind of uneasy because they were wondering, okay, A, there's either an actual man from this time trying to communicate with us through the computer or someone is sneaking into the house and really messing with us and we have no idea like who that would be so finally Ken decided to ask him um how he was writing to them on the computer like if you're from the 1500s how are you writing these on the computer? Like, how did you learn how to do this? And he responded, I have seen thee maketh leams on thy boist and art sly, which Peter basically translated to, I've been watching you make lights on the box and copied you. So Lucas said, I've watched you guys do it. And then I copied it and figured out how to do it from watching you. So at this point, they were pretty freaked out and they were like, "Okay, we need to try and like catch him out with like a lie to prove that this is someone messing with us because there's no way this is real. Um, But it seemed like no matter what they said, they were unable to catch him out, like everything he was saying seemed to add up. And then he spoke to Peter and he was like, what if he thinks that we're not real? And he was like, what if to him we're the ghosts? Whoa. Because like he's really confused about what time he's in. So what if he's legitimately there and we're somehow communicating with him through Mm -hmm. some kind of portal and he doesn't believe that we're real? And then Peter was like, well, this is insane. (laughs) But like maybe. Um, And then one night Debbie was home alone and she was laying on the sofa and she said she heard like sounds coming from the kitchen so she got up and went in there and she found a chair leaning back at a 45 degree angle balancing and she was like uh what the fuck is this and so she kind of like looked around and then she went over and like put it back down and like left and then she was going back to the living room and she stopped and was like no i'm gonna lock the door so she like bolted the kitchen door shut so that that's not a thing apparently 
So she was like, no, locking the kitchen. And then she went back to the living room and sat back down on the couch. Um, but later she went back to make coffee and she opened the door and walked in. And she said when she walked into the kitchen, she felt suddenly really cold and she felt something cold brush against her left cheek. And then she felt the same coldness running through her hair and like something had gripped her shoulder really tightly. And she said out of the corner of her eye, she could see like a figure standing there. That's why you don't walk the kitchen door, Debbie. <laughs> she was like, oh my God. And then apparently she like quickly turned to look and it was gone. So she ran yes. outside as you would. I would also do that. My feet smell so bad. Thanks for sharing. Um, so she ran outside and apparently it was like pouring rain, but she just waited outside and wouldn't go back in until Ken got home. And she was like, this just happened. We need to figure out what the hell's happening. Cause like, I'm freaked out now. So, uh, after six months of all of this happening with like the touching and the towers and the communication and everything, Peter was like, okay, we need to get someone involved. So they, they called, called ghost adventures <laughs> before there, before there were ghost adventures, there was they the, called the one town medium. <laughs> yeah. No, they called the UK ghost, society ghost. for psychical research. That's a thing. The SPR. And they dealt with two men named John and Dave. Very standard. <gasps> Isn't that like the guys from Haven? No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Dave and... Dave. I thought it was John and Dave. No. Oh, it's the other like one. Harold or something. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. The guys that run the newspaper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, but that was not them. <laughs> um, they dealt with John and Dave. And John and Dave came over. They basically told them their whole story. They gave them the letters. They explained that how this kept happening. And basically, John and Dave were like, mm, we don't really believe you. Either you're making this up or someone's like messing with you guys. So the, we'll get involved in this investigation, but not as a paranormal investigation. We're going to get involved in this investigation to catch whoever's like doing this, like messing with you guys. So Is that like against the law, what they were doing. Messing with someone? Not really. I mean, they weren't putting them in danger. Well, they were breaking into their house. <laughs> If it was someone breaking and entering, yes. That portion was, was like, illegal. But I'm not stealing anything. I'm just borrowing your computer. I'm just leaving you messages on your computer. Lovely. No. So th they told Ken to keep like up with the messages and to keep communicating. And they would to call anytime they got a new message and they would come and like surveil and so what they did is they set up like microphones and stuff in the house to try and catch activity that would have been outside the norm. And they didn't, they couldn't catch anything. Um, but like weird, like Ken kept talking with Lucas and like weird things he would ask, like he would talk about his car and Lucas would be like, what be a car? <laughs> and like try and like get information from him. So like at one point Lucas left a picture of his car. I mean, Lucas left. <laughs> Lucas didn't have a car. Cause he was Lucas like, what be a car? <laughs> Ken left a picture of his car beside the computer and like left a message for Lucas and was like, this is a car. This is what my car looks like. Blah, 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 blah. And then the next day when Ken came downstairs, the picture was gone. I should also mention at this point, Nicola had moved out. Good for her. <laughs> she was like, I'm out of here. I don't need to run a play this badly. Weird things are happening. So it's just Ken and Debbie now living in the house like by themselves. But he left this picture. Stop saying Nicola. <laughs> 
I can see it on your face. Um, so yeah, the car picture was missing and he was like, uh, where'd the picture go? And Debbie's like, I don't know. Where'd you put it? He's like, right here. Then the next day they came and found it and apparently Lucas's carriage. No, the picture was back, but it had been burned. Rude. All around the edges. Like it was scorched and like someone had like held it to a candle and like burned the edges and he was like the hell like that was my picture of my car my prized possession i'm kidding i don't know that he said that but yeah he, he was just like went, okay don't like cars i get it i get it he's like what sorcery is this burn it anyways so after that happened chalk messages started appearing all around the house again like when they had first moved in someone writing in cursive uh most of the time he was just writing lucas on the wall or on the floor and they would be like okay yeah we know your name is lucas and they would like wipe it off um but sometimes he would leave other messages and um i don't know what they were see it would have been better if you'd known the first original message that was on the floor when they before when they moved in in. i know they but they didn't think anything of it at the time so they were just like yeah just covered it well they just looked at it and they were like oh just cover it up they weren't like "Ooh, someone left us a message and like writing it down i would have read it yeah so after this was happening and he started leaving these chalk messages around they were like what are you doing like why are you why did you burn the picture why are you leaving us these messages and he responded and told them that he'd been arrested for witchcraft after being discovered trying to communicate with them but they he said that he was not tried and end up ended up being let go so he didn't die. he did didn't get killed for it, but that he had been arrested for witchcraft because they were like, who were you trying to communicate with? And he was like, my future friends. Mm -hmm. But um, he was like, and I tried to tell them like you were from another year, but I didn't, or I tried to tell them from another, you were from another year. And then Ken was like, but we never told you what year we're from. And so then he did tell him, he was like, yeah, like we're from 1984, blah, 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 like told them everything. And then Lucas replied and was like, what are you talking about? I thought you were from 2109. And then Ken was like, why would you think we're from 2109? And he said, because that's where the others are from. Oh. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not- so then they were like, what others? And he was like, I'll tell the others about you. Makes sense. So L- Lucas apparently told the others about them. And they received a letter from 2109 is their next file. So uh, the file that they found was literally, like, numbered that, like, 2109. And they were like, what the hell? So they opened it, and it said, Ken, Peter, and Deb, try to understand that you three have a purpose that Where's shall... Peter? Peter is his friend that's, like, translating everything from oh. Old English. Uh, so it says, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall, in your lifetime, change the fate of history... We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts directly, but give you some sort of guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. 2109, because they wouldn't give, like, any identifying information because they were concerned about, like, ruining the future. So they said, uh, they also informed... They'd be like, oh, my name's John. And they'd be like, oh, she named our son John. And then all of a sudden, yeah. the universe is completely different. Exactly. So they also informed Ken that Lucas was not who he said he was. Who is he? And that his true identity was a man named Thomas Howarden. Howarden? Thomas Howarden. 
And they kind of had figured, not figured this out, but they knew that Lucas Wayneman wasn't his real name because he had given them all this information about how he had gone to Oxford and this was his name and this was the time period. So Peter actually went and like did research and couldn't find anyone by that name in any of the records. And they were like, well, what the hell? And so 2109 was like, no, no, he's lying. He didn't want you to know who he was. This is his name. And they were like, but don't like, don't hold it against him. And they wrote another letter saying, we are all capable of making mistakes, aren't we? Yes. Telephones, the things that you may consider advanced communication, if only you could see what is to come. We, in your better interest, made slight adjustment to your conversations, but please let us call him by his true name, Thomas. We are not entirely in command of this experiment, so we can only say that communications will cease no earlier than November. Not necessarily with Thomas, though. Uh, we see you want some proof for your own little comic. Well, we see you should first try to revise on what has already been said. If you tell us who is one, then we shall give you 100% evidence for the people directly investigating your phenomena. 2109. So basically, they said, okay, you guys want proof? Go look up. Here's his name. Like, go look him up because he... We're not in charge of this, but if you guys want proof, like, you can find that he exists. So they went and they did research, and they did find that um, they could find someone by that name. But they wanted to test now these people from the future, and they were like, okay, let's send them some unsolvable math problems that in 2119 are probably, like, have been solved. Like and so what? the Like, the largest prime number, and um, I don't remember what it he sent them like 10 I think I don't remember what they all were um no replies came after a couple days so yeah, Ken like was, who's president Ken was like oh. so he deleted like the, the questions because he's like okay they're not this isn't happening uh and then a few days later he found a new file um and the questions hadn't been answered but they had sent a reply specifically referencing the questions that they'd answered so they were like, oh, here are the questions you asked us to answer. We can't answer these because, like, you're not allowed to know because that would mess up the future. But, like, we can tell you that some of these are able to be solved and blah, blah, blah. So then Dave, uh, who's the psychic investigator guy, was like, okay, let's try and, like, mess with them. Respond and just say we absolutely need to have some kind of proof. We need at least two of these questions answered so he picked like the simplest two that weren't going to be like earth shattering and one was like what's the largest prime number in your time and then I don't remember what the other one was but they responded again a few days later Dave yes both questions can be answered one directly but the other requires an understanding of a new conversion formula but if we tell you you must swear to grant us our wish so Ken called Dave and was like, okay, they responded, and this is what they said. And so Dave was like, okay, respond, if it be in our power to do so, and we do not lose our minds, our souls, our bodies to do so, we will. They then replied again, only, or then only Wait, like... is this still like they're just like the future coming people. to... No, 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 I know. Oh. Is this still just like they're coming to their computer and it just being there? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they keep leaving these questions for them and then they come back the next day and there's like a response file there um so yeah dave was like hey leave this as a message and then see what they say and they responded okay then let the man who's willing to lose all of those step forward now 
So Ken called back and was like, okay, this is what they said. So they want a yes or no. They want you, they want someone to be willing to lose their mind, soul and body, or they're not going to give the answer. And then they want like a yes or no. And Dave (laughs) decided to decline the offer, which is probably the smart thing to do. Cause like demons, I don't know this, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you can have the answer, but you must be willing to sacrifice your soul. (laughs) Okay. Satan. It was the devil the whole time. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. So basically, Dave was like, I'm not doing that. None of you say that you're going to do that. Like, we're not doing that. We're not engaging with this. Um, After getting no concrete answers, Dave and John from the SPR were like, okay, we're out. Like, we're not going to investigate this anymore. Like, we can't get the proof that we want. We're out. We're not going to be involved in this anymore. You guys can figure it out on your own. So they left Ken and Debbie and Peter to do it themselves. And after this, um, Lucas contacted them again and was like, oh, you were in contact with 2109? And they were like, yep. They told us stuff, and uh, he confessed to them that his name wasn't really Lucas. And they were like, yeah, we know. We talked to 2109. And he was like, yeah, this is my name. It's Thomas Howarden or whatever. And then he said, yeah, I went to Brazenose College. And they confirmed uh, that 2109 had already told him that. And they had done research on him, and they discovered that he had been a tutor at Oxford University in 1530. Okay. And that he had been fired after expunging the name of the Pope on official documents. So far, what does that even mean? So, like, because this was in the time when King Henry VIII, like, introduced protestantism to england right so he was like ah screw the pope you won't let me have a divorce we're all going to be protestant now so uh at oxford thomas went around and was like redacting the pope's name on all of these official documents like scratching it out and removing it and like he wasn't supposed to do that so he got fired for it because they were like dude like what are you doing you can't do that. So he lost his job at the university, but he was still in the record. So they were able to confirm that like he actually yeah. did work there. Like he said he did. Um, their final communication that they received was on March 21st, 1986. So this has been going on for two years now. At this point, they've been communicating with 2109 and with Lucas slash Thomas. Uh, but the last message wasn't from Thomas because they said that he had passed away. It was in 2109, and they wrote saying that Thomas yeah, had... Yeah, we already know he passed away. Yeah, exactly. But in, I guess in the time frame that he was communicating with them, he had passed away. So... How do they know that? Because... He told them? Apparently. That's I don't know. Weird. 2109 wrote them saying that Thomas had told them that he wrote a book about their correspondences, hoping that someone from the future would eventually find it, but that he had died shortly thereafter after he told them that he'd placed the novel in a secure place that shouldn't take too many years to find. In the inscription, he wrote, Me writes this in hope that mine fellows will one day find this book and that our lands may not be so distant. So he told 2109 that he wrote this book about his communication with Ken and Debbie and with 2109, wrote this inscription and put it in a secure place, hoping that in the future... Ken and Debbie or 2109 would be able to find the book and be like, here's the proof that we were communicating with him over, like, time or whatever. Um, But that was the last communication that they got from them. And, yeah, 2109 said that he had passed away after he told them 
that he had finished and hid this book. So after that, they didn't get any more communication from either of them. But since they didn't get any help from the SPR, Ken decided that he was going to take it public, and apparently he wrote a book about this. And people basically just, like, attacked him and said that they were making the whole thing up and they were just doing this for attention. And, yeah. But he, like, maintains that not necessarily that the computer was haunted, but that... Not even haunted, just, like... Just, like, that it was... That they believe that... Um, Thomas was a ghost in the house and that he was just confused about like where he was and thought he was in his own time but really he had passed away and he was like a spirit in the house and he was using the computer to like communicate with them in that regard and they don't actually think they like they don't think they were communicating across time to 15 like whatever 1521 or whatever he told them yeah so yeah that's the story of the haunted computer why are you confused? Doesn't matter. So what, is it, what did they think the 2109 was? Another ghost who had died? Does it make sense? Well, no, okay. So I guess up until that point, until 2109 had gotten involved, they'd thought that it was just mm-hmm. a confused ghost. But then once that became involved, they got really, like, freaked out and confused because um, uh Peter, Peter, Peter's the friend? Yeah. Peter apparently, like, analyzed those messages as well, and he was like, well, it's obviously English, but it kind of sounds very, like, different. Yeah, like, very different than our English, than what we're used to, so almost more, like, futuristic is what he said. Well, even, like, English now, like... Compared to, like, 80. like, hey, babe. <laughs> exactly. T-Y-L. Yeah. So... Is he still alive? I'm just taking a look, actually, to see, because I didn't find anything more about that other than I heard that he wrote a book, but um, I never found the... Ah, here it is. Uh, Ken Webster wrote the book The Vertical Plane, The Mystery of the Doddleston Messages, A Bizarre Record of Communication Through Time. So, yeah, if you uh, want to know more about that, you can read that book. Let's take a look. Uh... Uh, let me see. No, it just, well, it doesn't say on this one anyway. It says, to this day, no one can prove. Okay, well, his, in 1984, his girlfriend was 19. And he was 22, so he'd be like I think. 60? Give or take, yeah. So this might be him. Still alive. There is a Ken Webster British hypnotist. Would that be him? <laughs> maybe. Maybe he took a career path. <laughs> career change. He's a comedy hypnotist. That's who, the best kind. That's like when they, they're like, act like a chicken. Yeah. Let's take Kenneth George Webster. No. He's a British hypnotist. No. Uh, also known no. I don't think this is him because it doesn't mention anything about his book or anything like that. I don't know. Yeah, I can't really seem to find... Uh, You're telling me he doesn't have social media? I don't know. Ken Webster, author... Yes, author of The Vertical Planes. Oh, what is that picture even? Hang on. I don't want to see. This is not okay. I is this him? See. I think he... Is this the same dude? This might be him. I don't need to see a picture. I just want to know if he's alive or not. No, no. It's not a creepy picture, this one. 
I know, but I'm just saying. There was a different picture. I, I think maybe if this is him that he is alive, but I can't have it anywhere that confirms. Is Debbie alive? Did they get married? Or were they just girlfriend and boyfriend for all these years? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he wrote a lot of books, apparently. Cool, 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 cool. Unless he didn't, and that's not the same Ken Webster, which is also possible. That's, a, that's, a, that's like a writer name. That sounds like a writer name. Like, it's like Webster Dictionary. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Whoa. He did not invent this. He didn't. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's no information on him on Goodreads or anything. Who wrote so. the first dictionary? Oxford. No, no, I know, but who was like, you know what I'm going to do? The Oxford English Write down all these words and then write down what they mean. In 1530, it was Thomas Harwarden. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He did work at Oxford, though. I mean, maybe. Anyway, so yeah, I have no answers for you on his personal life, whether he married Debbie or whether he is still alive. I think he is. Nicolas. <laughs> no one knows what happened to Nicola. Did she become a playwright? Didn't she? Everyone wants to know. Plot twist. Shakespeare is actually Nicola. <laughs> Nicola? But because they were communicating over the computer and he just took her ideas. That seems like that no, seems right. Because Shakespeare's haven't you heard that conspiracy theory that Shakespeare is a girl? What? No. Oh, yeah. I've heard the conspiracy theory that Shakespeare's Not lover real. was a girl. Like, I'm dressed as a boy. Like in Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Shakespeare was actually a girl. No, no, that's not the premise of the story. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there is a conspiracy theory that mm-hmm. Shakespeare was actually a woman. I did not know this, but he had children. So? With his there's wife. There's also a conspiracy theory that he wasn't even real. Well, he was real. You can find his birth certificate and stuff. I know, but people can make those. No. The conspiracy theories are mostly that he didn't write his own work and that he took them from someone who wasn't able to publish because they were, like, royalty and it was, like, frowned down upon. So they were like, well, I'll just use your name to publish. But then he became super famous because I was like, this is genius. Like, it wasn't even. Just kidding. No, it was. But, like, the thing is, the reason why people thought it wasn't him was because when you read things like um, Romeo and Juliet and Merchant in Venice and stuff like that, it's very descriptive about... Uh, life in those places like in Italy in like ha- Hamlet it's in Denmark um, and he had Hamlet. never you I saw Hamlet on the table so you were about to <laughs> but he'd never been to oh any of God, these places I was like what's Hamlet on the table is that like a movie <laughs> <laughs> no I saw your copy of Hamlet on the table downstairs <laughs> welcome to senior year <laughs> but um, I've seen Hamlet on the table <laughs> Hey, that would make a great movie. Trademark. <laughs> I'm writing you know, it. A piece of ham. <laughs> and an omelet on the table. Just kidding. A ham omelet on the table. Ooh, that'd be terrible. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, um, what were you talking about? Oh, yeah. So they were like, how did he so vividly and accurately describe these places and customs without never, like, with never having been there, like never having left England? So that's why they thought it was someone who was more, like, well-traveled, like someone, like, royal or aristocratic, because they were, like, they would have actually been to those places and seen them. But who knows? Conspiracy theory. Avril Lavigne's dead. (laughs) There are so many. I'm I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories. Yes. The Avril Lavigne's dead? Yeah, I read the whole thing, the whole conspiracy theory. I believe it. (laughs) Keelan's like, yes, I buy this. I mean, the arguments are pretty (laughs) well-founded for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, there are some conspiracy theories where I'm like, I, I believe this 100%. And then there's others mm-hmm. where I'm like, don't be ridiculous. 
Also, ancient aliens. If you're into like having your mind blown and like like crime, go see Searching. It's oh, really good. It was so good. The movie, by the way. The movie Searching. Yeah, it was so good. She saw it first, and then she told me to see it, and then I saw it, and I walked out, and I was like, so good. Yeah, it was really good. It is pretty like mind blowing. Yeah. It's totally like you think you know what's happening, and, and then you like don't. you don't. And that's, or you do, and then it's just, there's so much more to it, though. Yeah. You know, like, the minor thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then um, another thing that was really like that that I loved watching was, I told you, The Alienist. And it's like that where they think, they, but they've totally set it up that way where they let you believe that you know who it is. They want you to feel smart, but then they make you feel stupid. And then Not they stupid, show you, like, like, from their point of view. So you're like, oh, I know who the killer is, and I'm getting to see their point of view. It's just the characters that don't know, but then you find out you were wrong. You're always wrong. You were so wrong. Oh, that was also such a great show. So if you are on Netflix, watch The Alienist. It is super freaking messed up, but super good, and so if was you Searching. are near a movie theater, <laughs> go, go see Searching. searching. <laughs> now... Must see it. Also, uh, I think that's all I have to say. Don't go see the nun. <laughs> You're scarred from the nun now. I'm it's fine. I ran around the city today and like went to so many different places because I got my Irish passport returned to me. I went to school and that's about it. That's fun. I got my Irish passport returned to me with everything inside of it because they were like, oh no, we need your registration of live birth. Your birth certificate is not good enough. So they wrote on the like thing they attached, please go to Service Canada and get this. So I'm like, sure. So sure enough, I go to Service Canada and they're like, yeah, no, we can't do this for you. You need to go to Stats, Manitoba. And so I went to Vital Statistics building and I had to apply for it there. And now I have to wait for it. I don't know any of that. I Fun times. And I had religion, health, double spare. Fun, fun. You also auditioned for your musical. We're not talking about that. Um, and that's how I'm not going to do it. And then I had double English. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and that was it. And I handed in my poem. You had to do a poem already? It's like their second day back at school. Yeah, I handed it in. Man, Mrs. Lay. She was my teacher. All right. You really shouldn't talk about her. You have a permission. <laughs> Whoops. I didn't say where she teaches, technically. Anyway. You said her name. <laughs> Not her full name. Anyways. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to episode six. Uh, if you're enjoying our stories, keep listening and keep sharing us with your friends. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at GirlsGGPodcast. You can find us on Instagram at... It smells like onions. Do you smell that? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't smell anything. I do. Is it me? <laughs> What's her Instagram? <laughs> I don't know. You know all these things. You're supposed to know these things. I don't pay attention. Girls, ghosts, ghouls. I don't think I follow us on Instagram. We'll get on it, and everyone else get on it, too. Uh, follow us on Facebook or like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ghouls. Our website is www.girlsghostsandghouls.com. And dot our- slash dot. <laughs> I did. And our email, if you want to send us some spooky stories of She's your just own. just looking it up now. <laughs> totally am. 
<laughs> or if you uh, have any recommendations about stories or you if want you us have to talked do. to 2209. <laughs> or if you know something about 2209. Or can, can Webster's future, did he marry Debbie? We all need to know. Is he dead? <laughs> is he alive? Have you read his book? Give us the information. Anyways, our email is girlsghostsandghouls at gmail.com. And also, we have launched a Patreon. Um, so we would appreciate it so much if anyone would want to go over there and be a donor because I'm that broke. would help. <laughs> we just are broke. And that would kidding. help us offset. Just kidding. Mm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> That would help us offset some of the costs of hosting, uh, recording equipment, uh, merchandise, that kind of stuff. So it would be so appreciated. We have a couple different uh, tiers that you can join. If your team goes team girl, team ghoul, or team unicorn squirrel squirrel feeder, (laughs) which is totally a thing that we obviously need. So... (laughs) And then we will use the money to purchase the unicorn squirrel feeder. The money will be responsibly used to purchase the unicorn squirrel feeder. Even though... What does that even feed? Squirrels? Yeah, obviously. I can't believe... Okay. Wait, what does that even... Ha- you don't feed squirrels. Like, that's not a thing that people do. I know. Well, They're, like, vicious. It is a thing that people do, but... I can't believe I asked if it came with the squirrel when I saw it. I was like, but does it come with the squirrel? But, like, I didn't think but, like, it was it a real... it looks like a squirrel. But I didn't think it was a real squirrel. That's, I think, why I asked. <laughs> you thought it was a real squirrel with a unicorn head on. I thought they were selling a real squirrel on Amazon. I was like, wow. Things have oh, gotten weird. <laughs> Anyways, so our Patreon, which is what we were talking about, is... Do you hear that? It was a car. That's... Damn, that's good audio. <laughs> I thought that was a car. It's www.patreon.com slash girls, ghosts, and ghouls. So uh, the smallest teams start at $2 a month, and you guys can get a shout-out on the podcast, as well as a thank-you pick from one of us, depending on which team you join, and all the way up to $10 a month, which is Team Unicorn Squirrel Feeder. <laughs> and what do you get with that? Your own! Oh, your own. You don't get your own Squirrel no, Feeder. It's too expensive <laughs> to give you one of those. I'm sorry. But this is for you diehard listeners out there. You get 20% off our merch store, which is also on our website. You also get access to bloopers from our episodes that I so uh, diligently edit out of our episodes, but you guys can get access to those. Diligently? Diligently. That's a word. You always make me question words that are are words. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops, I blindfolded the bear. It's not a real one. Again, not Not a real bear. bear. Uh, I accidentally threw my sweater over the teddy bear's eyes. <laughs> Holy shit, is that little cat fighting? <laughs> I thought that was a bird. Little cat! Stop fighting. She can hear me from inside. <laughs> that was loud. Okay. Um, That's what she sounded like. I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> what they get. 20% off. Oh yeah, 20% off and the blooper, blooper reel audio. Reel. woo woo. We're working on other things. And a shout out, probably. Yeah, and also a shout out, obviously. Everyone gets a shout out. Every donate donator $2 gets a shout out. Shout out. Ten dollars, no way. <laughs> Ten dollars, we're not mentioning you ever. Um, no. Jock Anyways, long. what? Jock long. Never mind. I'm confused. Just, just joking. <laughs> what's happening? Uh, anyway, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Key is dying of starvation before she goes to dance. 
And <laughs> we will see you guys again next Wednesday. <laughs> Keep listening. <Sorry>. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Thank <laughs> What is happening? It's trying to figure out what that's from. Like, da, 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 da. Oh, I know. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> what is that from? Oh. Oh my god. It's from like a movie. I know. It's like a Disney movie, isn't it? So not okay. Is it from Aristocats? I've never seen that. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh, I don't know, but I know, like I know it, but I don't know it. If you guys know it, <laughs> we have this happen to us constantly where we cannot, we can hear something and then we're like, I know what this is, but I don't know what this is, and then we like agonize about it for hours. We have anxiety about it, and then we get like a to it in like a really roundabout way. <laughs> okay, anyways, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you, well, talk at you, you next week, right? Yeah. Woo! My eyes itchy. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh my god, what is that from? Da, da, da. <laughs>